Welcome to OB Wannabes, an educational podcast about obstetrics and gynecology and women's health for medical students and women's healthcare providers. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of OB Wannabes. I'm Cassie. And I'm Shelby. And we're starting off our three-part series on contraception. So today we're just kind of going to talk about a general overview of what is contraception and the different forms that are out there. So in general, what is contraception? You probably already have a good idea. Um, but the, with contraception, the goal is to prevent a sperm and the oocyte from uniting and fertilizing. Uh, so there's three different ways that they do that. You can either um, inhibit the development and release of the egg. You can impose a barrier between the sperm and the egg, or you can alter the ability of um, a zygote to implant and grow in the uterus. Um, so those are kind of the three ways that the different contraceptives work. So when you're choosing a contraception, or if you're a provider and you're talking about things with your patient, you want to make sure that the different factors you're looking at is going to be efficacy or how well the contraception works, safety of the contraceptive, because there's uh, different contraindications or increased risk with certain contraceptives and certain other conditions, the availability and ease of uh, accessing that contraceptive, the cost of the contraceptive, personal acceptability or what the patient is okay with having and what the patient thinks would work well for them, the reversibility. So if somebody is looking for a permanent method or something that uh, is easily reversible or something that uh, is kind of in the middle or they don't care. Um, And then the non-contraceptive advantages. So like we talked about in our last episode, certain contraceptives you could use to assist with the pain of endometriosis. So those are gonna be your non-contraceptive um, advantages. And in the next couple of weeks, we're gonna be kind of delving more in depth into those for each of the different types of methods. So we're gonna start off with what are the different types? Um, there are a few main types that we kind of talk about. Permanent methods. So this is gonna be your non-reversible methods. So there's uh, basically sterilization. So for women, you know, getting your tubes tied or um, having your tubes taken out, having a hysterectomy, um, things like that. And for men, it would be a vasectomy, which is when they uh, cut the vas deferens. Um, With these permanent methods of sterilization, the failure rate ranges between 0.15 to 0.5%. So pretty low, but not perfect. Um, There's... Next up would be the LARCs or the long-acting reversible contraceptives. These include IUDs and um, the implantable rods such as Nexpanon. Uh, Nexpanon actually has the lowest failure rate of 0.05% and IUDs is about 0.2 to 0.8% failure. Uh, These require a procedure, uh, but they are long-acting and you don't need to remember to take a pill every day or to go get um, your shot at a certain time. So that's what's kind of nice about those options. Awesome. And then, um, you know, kind of moving down the list, we have short acting hormonal methods, and these are also reversible contraceptives. So this includes the combination pill, um, which is uh, composed of estrogen and progestin. um, And that's a daily pill. There's also progestin only pills, uh, which I believe we call the mini pill. Uh, There's hormonal patches, uh, hormonal rings. Uh, the rings, I believe you change every month and the patches are weekly. There's also the depot shot, uh, which a woman gets every three months. Um, and 
the combined hormonal pills are used by about one third of sexually active women in the United States. So this is definitely one of our most common birth control options. Um, it's uh, very um, low cost, effective, um, but we do have to consider um, what we call perfect use versus um, like how the pill is actually used uh, when we determine the efficacy. Um, so the pill has to be used, you know, at the same time every day, ideally. This is even more important with a progestin only. It has to be taken at the same time every day. Uh, so that's something to um, consider when advising a patient on, you know, what birth control option to use. Um, the nice thing about these uh, short-acting uh, hormonal methods is that they're easy to stop at any time and you can get pregnant um, you know, pretty shortly after you uh, stop these uh, treatments. Something to consider with uh, short-acting hormonal methods is that there is an increased risk of side effects, and we'll talk about those on, an, on our next episode. And uh, moving down the list, again, with um, effectiveness, uh, the next um, kind of category of birth control is barrier method. Um, so this includes condoms, uh, both male and female condoms, the diaphragm, spermicides, and um, sponges. Uh, by and large, uh, today, I believe the male condom is the most common of these methods. Uh, these have about a 15 to 32% failure rate. And there is, you know, obviously a um, human error component to this um, because, you know, they have to be used every time. They need to be used correctly. Uh, you have to make sure that, you know, the condom isn't expired. It doesn't, you know, it hasn't formed a hole in it or something. <laughs> it's the right size. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I remember in college, we, we learned um, to teach for our health outreach group to teach people. There's like three steps. You like check the package for the expiration date. You feel that it still has that bubble in the package. Um, I forget the third one, but. Yeah, just make sure that it's, you know, in good shape <laughs> before using it. It's the oldest and most widely used form of, um, of contraception, uh, the barrier methods in general. Um, and condoms are the only form of um, contraception that protect against STDs. And um, this may seem, you know, obvious, but I think people tend to not think about that, you know, especially when they first become sexually active, they might think, oh, okay, I'm on a birth control pill, so I'm set. But uh, really consider yeah. that second barrier, you know, to protect yourself. Yeah, definitely. Uh, always remember when you're counseling and uh, someone's coming in for one of these for contraceptive purposes, uh, make sure you're also counseling in terms of STI prevention. So again, we're going to say that one more time. Condoms are the only form of contraception that are that will protect against STIs. Okay. Okay. Don't forget. <laughs> um, so next up we have fertility awareness. Uh, so this is falls largely on the uh, woman in the relationship. Um, should involve things using the calendar uh, to keep track of your cycles. Um, there's the ovulation method where you look out for different types of um, signs that tell you that your body's ovulating and the symptothermal method uh, involving temperature checks. Uh, these are safe uh, methods. Um, they're very inexpensive, 
but they do require the ability to predict and keep track of your menses. And we'll talk more about that um, in a couple episodes. And then we have the withdrawal method, which is largely ineffective form of contraception. There's about a 27% failure rate with uh, the withdrawal method. Um, we'll talk more about that too, but largely in part due to the fact that there uh, can be sperm that are released before uh, ejaculation. Um, and then lastly, we have the postcoital contraception or uh, what's commonly known as emergency contraception or plan B sometimes. Uh, this type of contraception will not terminate an existing pregnancy. Um, the goal of this contraception is to prevent ovulation and fertilization, but again, it will not terminate an existing pregnancy. And uh, this postcoital contraception is most effective within 72 hours of unprotected sex. Uh, and we'll talk more about those different types of um, postcoital contraceptions in the future. So that's our basic overview of our different types of contraception and just some quick key bullets about, you know, what uh, some pros and some cons to each of them. We'll be talking more over the next couple of weeks and go into depth about the variety of options available as well as side effects, effectiveness, and failure rates. And as Shelby mentioned earlier, talk a lot more about that perfect use failure rate versus actual typical use failure rate. Um, so join us in the next couple of weeks as we delve more into this. We are third-year medical students at Toro University of Nevada College of Osteopathic Medicine, and we are student members of ACOG, the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, and ACUG, the American College of Osteopathic Obstetricians and Gynecologists. The views expressed in this episode are not representative of any of these organizations, and this podcast is not affiliated or associated with any of these organizations.